Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. All right. Greetings, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening to us. I'm David Armstrong. I'm the editor of wealthmanagement.com, and this is the Wealthies podcast, where we speak to finalists and winners of our wealthmanagement.com industry awards. And uh, today, I'm pleased to be speaking to Tim Edwards, who's a principal and executive vice president with Prospera Financial Services, and Tony Montaneri, who is the founder and financial advisor at ACM Wealth Management, a Prospera-affiliated uh, financial advisory firm. Uh, Tim, Tony, thanks for joining us. Yeah, David, thank you for having us. I appreciate it. And uh, how are you, uh, Tim? Where are you dialing in from today? I'm dialing in from our uh, corporate offices in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And Tony, how about yourself? I am calling in from Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Fantastic. And hope you guys are both staying uh, safe and, and healthy in this time. Hope everything's going okay. Yeah, doing uh, doing my best. How are things down there in Dallas, uh, this latest wave? We're talking to you here in uh, uh, almost uh, November, mid-November. How are you doing? How are things going down there with the virus? Well, you know, things are uh, things are open. And, you know, probably what you have read or heard on the news, Texas is open for business and probably a little more than most states. But um, things aren't quite back to normal. And I think we're seeing an increase in cases, but you know, I think everybody's wearing masks and doing what they can to do their part. Yeah, for sure. Tony, around the same in North Carolina? Yes, yeah. Uh, I, would, I would echo what Tim said in terms of what's going on in North Carolina, still able to go to restaurants and things like that. Uh, you know, masks, you know, definitely required for the most part. And, you know, I think like everywhere we're seeing cases uh, tick up, but fortunately haven't really had any experience with the virus, uh, you know, in my family or, you know, you know, kind of immediate circle. So uh, that's oh, good. That's good, dear. Yeah, good. Uh, so, you know, we're talking to people about the uh, the wealthmanagement.com industry awards and Prospera Financial Services uh, was recognized by our judges uh, in two categories. Uh, one for the Fundamental Behaviors Service Program. Uh, this is for brokers and dealers with less than a thousand reps uh, practice management and also for brokers and dealers less than a thousand reps technology for the core engine uh, uh, component that you guys built there at the uh, Prospera Financial. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, maybe, Tim, first of all, you want to just give us a backup, give us the 30,000 foot view. Tell us a little bit about Prosper Financial Services. Uh, for those of us who don't know, or for those listeners who don't know, you're an independent broker dealer headquartered in Dallas, Texas. What, what can you tell us about the, the history in, of Prosper? Yeah, so we are an independent broker dealer here in, in Dallas. Uh, we are privately owned. It's uh, myself and uh, two other primary shareholders. And uh, several members of our executive team. And the firm started in 1982. And uh, over the years, uh, we actually started as a W-2 and a independent, uh, an independent model for the 1099. And my partner, David, and I actually started the first branch office for Prospera back in 1989. And 
over the years, um, really over the next two years, we grew that branch office to be a substantial part of the firm's overall revenue and assets and were offered equity. We bought in in 92 and from there accumulated more through retirement and other things that took place with the other shareholders and uh, eventually really took over the management of the firm and putting our thumbprint on it really in about 1998. Mm -hmm. And today we are a uh, 1099 independent firm. We really like to consider ourselves a support organization for the successful independent advisor. And we have 140 advisors, a little over 10 billion in assets. And we currently have offices in 26 states and are continuing to, uh, you know, continuing to, to grow and grow through this, these times that we're in. Sure. Uh, that's great. Tony, how about yourself? Uh, a little bit of the history of, of your firm and how you came to find uh, Prospera? You bet. So I've been in the business since 1998, uh, right out of college. And I started on the wirehouse side, like uh, a lot of advisors do before they uh, go the independent route. Uh, mm -hmm. spent five years with Prudential Securities and then six years with Smith Barney. Uh, and then uh, was with another small independent firm based out of Charlotte for uh, three to four years. And uh, just, you know, things really weren't going the way I was hoping they would there. The platform uh, and service just, you know, wasn't up to the standards that I was wanting in, in my business. And so I actually found uh, Prospera th through a third party recruiter. Okay, great. And how long ago was that? When did you... I've been with the firm now for about eight and a half years. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's great. Uh, so it strikes me that one of these things, you know, when you say, you know, looking for a platform that was, you know, up to up to snuff, you know, what you needed, more and more in the wealth management industry as advisors kind of move towards independence, regardless of what business channel they're taking, the, the platform that they affiliate with, whether they be the custodial platform or the broker-dealer platform or whatever it might be, uh, really becomes sort of the the, the, the key to an, an advisor's success, right? You got to find the right platform that fits. Uh, we hear this a lot. So some of the things that the Prospera was recognized by the advisors for was in fact creating that that platform. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the fundamental behavior service program and maybe uh, uh, Tim, you could kick us off. As I understand, this is kind of a, uh, a, a service program so that when advisors like Tony call in and need some uh, assistance from the platform, you have a, a service staff that's ready to, to help them. Is that is that accurate, or, or how can you help me set it up? Yes, yeah, so, sort of. So our fundamental behavior program, as you as you called it, really uh, started approximately five years ago when the executive team went through the Ritz-Carlton leadership training. And we went up uh, to this training expecting and wanting to see a different uh, way of servicing and really a service model that would help us increase our levels of service for our clients, the advisors. And really what we walked away with was it is about service, but it's really about culture. So from that point, uh, we really started to transform our culture and what we you know, what we came to learn really is that it, 
if you want to change the culture, it starts at the top. It starts with the leadership. So we definitely had to uh, really change some of the ways and things that we were doing, but we were in, engaged and purposeful in changing that culture. And really what it started off uh, for us, uh, we had what we called service standards. And service standards were basically we were going to process business within a certain amount of of uh, hours, days, or whatever, and those service standards after the training became service values. And for us, service values, uh, it worked and it helped improve the levels of service and employee engagement, but there was something missing, there was something more. And that's when we really instituted the fundamental behaviors because service values are really what, what we're doing, but it fell a little bit short and it, the fundamental behaviors is really about how to do that. As an example, if someone says, you know, you need to invest in relationships. Okay. Well, that's could be a good service value, but investing in relationships, how do you go about that? And that's what our uh, fundamental behaviors are all about. We have 28 of those and it really helps all of us, everybody is trained on that throughout the firm. Uh, we have what we call rituals that are both daily, weekly, and monthly that everybody in the firm participates in. And these behaviors are really what you do in just day-to-day -day, uh, interactions with, uh, with one another and with our clients. And that has really made a difference. And uh, we measure that through the net promoter score. And our goal was to get into the 80s um, with that. And I'm happy to say that uh, we're at 85, which is considered um, world-class, I think, by their standards. Yeah, for sure. And, and important to note that this uh, Ritz-Carlton uh, uh, program, not just for the hospitality industry, for people who don't know, right? Uh, it's, it's about uh, uh, training executives on service standards at any service-oriented uh, company, regardless of the industry, correct? Yes, absolutely. And what you, what you really, what you learn and what you find out, you see it in action and how intentional uh, they are. And it's not, you know, when you talk about, you know, service and culture, and it's not words on the wall or in the conference room or on a coffee mug or whatever. I mean, it is all that, but it's how do you put that in into practice? And what is it that you're you know, that you're doing, your your culture has to really, it has to be come to life, if you will. And that's what they are so good at. That's what they're very good at training. And yeah, it's not just for the hospitality there. Yeah. When we were there, there were probably 15, 20 different uh, um, companies representing different industries. But sure. yes, it's a highly sought after training program. We don't have to go down the list of all 28, but can you give me a, a just a handful of uh, you know what some of these behaviors might be inside the 28? Yeah, I, I mentioned one, you know, invest in relationships, um, you know, and, and that's really it's about get to know your coworkers and um, know them on a more personal level, understand what others mean, what makes them tick, you know, really kind of like I said, you just really just investing, investing in relationships and getting to know one another that helps create a cohesive team 
Same thing with our clients. You know, the more you know about them, the more you have understanding, the more they have understanding about about you. Another one is uh, practice blameless problem solving. You know, um, it's uh, you just really want to demonstrate a relentless solution focus rather than, you know, pointing fingers or dwelling on problems and um, it's very easy to, you know, to like I said, to point fingers or whatever, but we really practice uh, blameless problem solving. And it, it stems from, you know what, it's a process issue, first and foremost, not a people issue. And that's what we look at. What can we do to improve the process? How do you uh, make sure that, uh, how many employees do you have in, in Prospera now? I think you mentioned that. Um, we have uh, 62, 62 home office, home office. How do, you, how do you make sure that all those employees are on board? Uh, you know, it's easy enough to say, hey, everyone, uh, we want to get to know, you know, everyone that we work with and we want to get to know our clients and we want to make sure that we practice nameless or I'm sorry, blameless uh, uh, problem solving. <laughs> or or nameless. Or nameless. <laughs> if you, right? If we're not naming yeah. names. Um, right. You know, how do, how do you get all 60 plus employees to to sign off on what sound like great ideas, but maybe not so easy to actually live out day to day. Yeah, it's a good uh, good question. And as I mentioned earlier, we have what we call rituals, and everybody must participate in that. And what they are every week, um, every Monday, we have what we call we have. Um, created the run, the grow, and the protect team here at Prospera. And each team will meet on Monday, different times, and we will go over one of these, uh, one of these uh, behaviors. And um, it's consistent in, the, in each meeting. We'll go over, have a write-up on that, and what is that, that particular fundamental, what does it mean to that individual that's leading that huddle? We call it a huddle. Um, leading that huddle that day gives an example of it. And, um, you know, from there, there's conversation about it. Um, that's one thing that we do every week. And email goes out with that fundamental for the week. And there is a quiz that, that comes out on a Wednesday. And everybody takes that quiz. And I say everybody, myself, my partners, um, our executive team. Principals everybody all the way Yes, everybody participates in this, and I think that's what makes it work. And it's so uh, rewarding when you hear conversations, whether it's and it's been a while since we've heard these in the, you know, in the uh, break room or whatever, since most are working remotely. But uh, all the same, it's rewarding when you hear someone repeating one of the one of the behaviors and not correcting, but saying, you know what, hey. Uh, good job. That's that shows that you're, you know, leading by example, or you're taking ownership, or way to make a decision. And by the way, those were all, you know, fundamentals that uh, that we have. But that's, I believe, what makes it work. We're intentional. We're consistent, and everybody participates. And the whole management and executive team leads by example on that. Got it. That sounds great. I. Tony, let me uh, ask you how important, uh, you know, I would imagine it differs for different advisors, but is uh, the, the service equation uh, when you're affiliating as an advisor with a broker dealer or a platform? 
uh, service that sounds kind of squishy sometimes and, and ambiguous. How, how important is it when you, you're, you're going into business with these people? Uh, it's, it's very important. Uh, you know, for the most part, you know, this is a, a service industry um, in the sense that, you know, most firms offer, you know, a lot of the same kind of products and services. And so uh, ease of doing business uh, is is very important. It's it's nice to be able to call the home office, and you know you don't get bounced around. You you know speak to the same person a lot of the time, and so you have personal relationships with these people, and they get to know me and what my business is like, and you know what kind of business I typically do. And so, you know, anytime you have that kind of relationship with someone, I really think it's going to improve things all around versus, you know, maybe being at a bigger firm, which is, you know, somewhere I didn't want to be where, you know, you just call an 800 number and, and you never speak to the same person twice and you're just, uh, you're just a rep number to them. Right, right. So you have noticed, uh, have you, the, the fruits of this uh, uh, program? Uh, with in, by increased uh, service levels or ser- increased uh, service contentment, I guess, uh, with Prospera in your own relationship? Uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, the thing about Prospera and why I, I chose them originally was because I, I, you know, I joined them before they actually did the Ritz-Carlton and the fundamental behavior uh, program. But, you know, they had already kind of, you know, been touting, you know, how good their service was and personal relationship and, and culture. And, you know, those are things that are, that are hard to quantify when you're, you know, looking at different firms, whereas, you know, the big firms just want to maybe throw money at you. You know, sometimes it's harder to get a gauge of what good service is going to be. And so that was part of their story and, and their sales pitch, you know, early on as, as far as what made them different. Uh, but, you know, the thing that's impressed me is that they, you know, they just continue to try to up their game and, you know, going through the Ritz-Carlton training and, and pushing that out throughout the firm and then these fundamental behaviors. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, everyone's just a, a pleasure to work with. And, and again, it's, it's just nice to have personal relationships with these people who know who I am. And, and David, there's something that I wanted to I wanted to add to that. And Tony, when he was talking about this, it reminded me, you know, our, our vision is that we aspire to be the gold standard for the boutique independent firms. And that gold standard, everybody uses that. And, and it gets sometimes repeated back to us from our advisors. And that is, well, Hey, that wasn't gold standard. Hmm. And we're like, you know what? You're you're right. That that wasn't. And we actually have a feedback loop to where they submit a if something wasn't. We do have service standards, right? Or if a new account wasn't opened in a um, in a certain number of uh, of hours, or uh, some other business that was being processed, or a phone call didn't meet our service standard. Uh, they send an email in that that email goes to every member of the executive team. We meet every Monday morning, and if we get one of those, uh, the department or team that that pertained to, that executive that it trees up to, is giving a a uh, 
really uh, giving a outline of this is what happened, this is how it resolved, and this is how it's not going to happen again. So it really creates a accountability uh, both ways, and we appreciate the fact that our advisors are willing and they understand that, look, if we don't get it right the first time, let us know. It, it won't get fixed. It won't get better if we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, in a smaller firm, you develop relationships with the back office. You know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get Bill in trouble or Susie or whatever. Well, we have really passed that um, with a lot of them because they know that we do want to know. We consider it a gift. If somebody gives us a, a something to work on, a, a complaint or whatever, it is received as a gift. Sometimes you might have to swallow a little pride at times, but it's a gift because they're not walking out. They're giving us an opportunity to fix it and to be better. So that's kind of the the culture that we've created. Sure, and probably helps that uh, you know that complaint uh, that comes in that's read by the executive committee won't necessarily result in a single individual employee being called out and called to task and, like you say, having your fingers pointed at them. Uh, you know, you did right. something wrong. It, uh, you, you saw that as a, as a, as a group. Uh, and that's admirable. Do, do you um, think that this, it sounds to me, I think what the judges really recognized here and what uh, what they were uh, awarding you for was, this is a kind of like encoding in a way, uh, in code, if you will, the uh, kind of values that in a smaller, even smaller than yourself firm might be, more easily held to, right? So if you're a very small boutique firm, you can do a lot of this stuff without necessarily having it inscripted. Uh, I, by, by kind of putting it in this formalized program, do you think that this allows you to kind of grow as a firm larger Absolutely. while retaining some of those, you know, smaller boutique uh, yeah. values? Well, ab- absolutely. And, and you know what? I don't believe that this is a a size thing. I don't believe it's, you know, small firms can do it easier, do it, do it better. Okay. I, I, I really don't. I think, I mean, let's look at the Ritz Carlton, you know, that's, I don't know how many thousands of employees they have that's worldwide, true. That is true, but huh? it's about, it's about consistency and leadership from the top down and buy-in. You have to do what you say you're going to do. And you, you know, our, our motto is we are financial professionals serving financial professionals. You treat each other with respect and you get respect back. You, you can't demand respect. You have to earn that. So these things are, it, it didn't happen overnight. It's been an evolution over the past, you know, five years. And if you remember my vision or our vision is we aspire aspire to be we're not there we're not there you know what we are better than most in our humble opinion but we're not there it's continuous improvement and that's that's the qualities that we hire for as we grow that's the qualities that you know have the right cultural fit in our employees and we're not going to get it right 100 percent of the time we're, we're not, and we're going to make mistakes on our service, and that's what we tell them. Is, or, look, don't we don't get judged by the mistakes that we make? It's what we do after to fix that and create a culture where it's okay to take risk and 
and to, for that continuous improvement. And that's what we've that's what we've done. Uh, we're going to continue, as I said, continuous learning, continuous improvement. So we don't think we're there yet, but we're pretty darn good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you know, and Tony, let's do this. I mean, the same way that uh, you know, prospects out there refer financial advisors to each other. Uh, advisors can often refer broker dealers or, or advisory platforms to each other. Does this sort of thing make you more comfortable to refer other advisors to Prospera if they're looking to join a firm? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and I have referred people that, you know, have ended up joining the firm and uh, as far as I know, or are, are just as happy or maybe even, you know, happier than I am. Uh, so the other thing that the judges uh, recognize you guys for, uh, uh, Tim, Prospera is the core engine uh, technology uh, development, core engine, uh, built in the mm-hmm. salesforce.com environment. Uh, what can you tell us about that? What uh, what problem were you trying to solve for your advisors with that? Uh, and what is it? How did it come about? All right. Well, um, the, the problem or really the opportunity that we were looking to uh, looking to solve for this again started a, a few years ago and we were really looking for a more efficient way to process and manage our direct business and give our advisors a universal CRM that would improve their ability to service and support their clients and improve the overall client experience for them. And at that time, this was pre-DOL when we first started down this path, and we had, I believe, around 30% of our advisors were consistently using a CRM. Okay. So that's where we the, started the other, with. The other 70% were using email inbox and that kind of thing? I mean, yeah, and Outlook and um, yellow pads and and you know using the old paper files. So whenever there were you know a need to review, do an audit or review notes or whatever, you're getting just a hodgepodge of of information. So you know we are an independent firm and we believe in choice. And well, we saw the writing on the wall with the uh, the fiduciary with the DOL fiduciary rule and we knew that we needed to have and provide a better way and that's where it and that's where it started and it evolved into our need to really provide a mobile a secure and a customizable platform that would integrate with our clearing firm platform not replace but integrate and enhance that so that's where core engine started and the clearing firm Wells Fargo Clearing Services is that? Yes, Wells Fargo Clearing. That's that's correct. We, and I think uh, you were one of the we, first to integrate their APIs. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very uh, very proud of that. As far as I know, um, I think there are others that are that have started down that path. But uh, yeah, they gave us an opportunity to really build out the uh, the APIs and kind of put our um, and of our uh, touch on that, but yes, we've we've built out the new account opening uh, API, the service request, and um, there's a couple more that we have um, are in the process and about to roll out. 
that that integration with Wells Fargo, which their um, front end is called Smart Station, the integration with that is really instrumental in our ability to you know, continue to uh, maintain our relationships as well as grow and attract new ones. It's the client experience has improved tremendously. And now from what I understand, uh, about 90% of your advisors are regularly using this integrated core engine platform. David, you did your homework. That is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely correct. And in this day and age in the environment that we're in, uh, from an advisor perspective, if they're not using a CRM and documenting and taking notes, um, I don't know how they... I don't know how they stay in how they stay in business, quite honestly. So, yeah, it's uh, and and the the good thing is we have one universal CRM that's built on the Salesforce platform, so it's very customizable, and that has grown into enabling us to offer many many other tools that help with the efficiency of the advisor and their ability to run their business and you know, actually help them, uh, help them grow it and the protect side of it too, which is, you know, the documentation and, and, uh, doing the things that they need to do from a, from a client perspective, yes. but it, it's, it's evolved from where we first started and it's grown into really, it's a, uh, it's our, it's a platform. It's an advisor platform that is, that is mobile and when I was uh, when I was talking uh, to Tara about this and doing this podcast, and she said, "Hey, what uh, what about getting an advisor on there and one that uses Core Engine?" And I said, "You know, I got the guy in mind, and it's Tony because I, I was just hold ask, Tony yeah. out. Yeah, I hold Tony out at times, and I'm teeing this up for Tony." <laughs> <laughs> but I hold him out as that this guy has a business that every advisor would want. He has fewer clients that controls more assets. He likes to travel, has a, a couple couple homes that he goes back and forth to, but he runs his business from his cell phone. Amazing. So, yeah. And that's this platform. Tony, you want to take that up? I mean, I was going to ask you, uh, uh, you know, how this uh, – platform, whether or not you've incorporated it into your own practice and how it's helped you? And Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, don't, I, I, I think Tim really said it all. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, I was, you know, one of those, you know, before they rolled out Core Engine, uh, whether, I don't know, was it four, four years, five years ago, four years ago, that I was just using Outlook to, which I don't even know if you can really consider that a CRM. Um, but I was I think many, many advisors do, I think. Yeah. I mean, I was an outlook yeah. for, you know, taking client notes and, um, and so it, it was okay. You know, I wasn't, you know, necessarily out there seeking something else, but, uh, I, you know, when they decided to, to bring out this new technology platform, I was fortunate enough to be one of the beta users. And, you know, as soon as I saw what this was, I, I was just so excited. I mean, it, it really has simplified uh, a lot of things from the, the you know, because we're, we're in this age now in the business where, 
you know, no matter what kind of advice you're giving, I mean, it's, you know, document, document, document. And so it's just really important that you're documenting uh, the advice and the communication that you're having with your clients. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of Core Engine that it is that it integrates with Outlook. You know, sort of, as Tim mentioned, I'm on the go kind of a lot, and I, I'm not necessarily the kind of advisor that just goes into, you know, I actually have two offices, one in Charlotte and one in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Sure. So I'm not the kind of advisor who's in an office necessarily every single day. Uh, but with this, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. And, and so much of my communication, you know, over the last several years has is, is been through email. And as I was saying one, saying, one of my favorite parts is how, you know, with a click of a button, I'm able to cord that email communication right into the client record. Or if the client is sending me important documents that they want me to review or to save in, in, in the document storage part of Core Engine, like a 401k statement or a mm-hmm. will or their trust, with a click of a button, it exports it, you know, right into their client record. And I can pull it up on my my cell phone or on an iPad or any other kind of tablet device. So it really is just made things uh, so much easier. You know, I, I can go on and on about all. Of sure. That. Can can you do uh, I, I, one of the things I, I believe I read about the core engine? You can do speech to text uh, notes taking as well. Yeah. Yeah. So a good example that is, you know, since my offices are kind of spread out, you know, I do a lot of going to clients, you know, whether it's their home or their business, or maybe we're just meeting for lunch or dinner or something like that. And so it's not uncommon for me to, you know, after that meeting is over, obviously, I I was probably jotting notes on a yellow pad or, or something. But when I get back in the car, I can literally just pull up the app, uh, pull up the client and I can, you know, just talk my notes right into that, that client record and hit save and, and it's done and it's there and it's, it's on, you know, my, when I go back to my lab on, on, and on record for any uh, potential regulatory compliance audits or anything, it's there. It's uh, you got the client communications all in one place. Correct. Yeah. It's fantastic. And so it's freed up a lot of time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and you can use that time, I suppose, for, you know, spending more time in front of clients uh, or. Well, exactly. Yeah. It, it just frees up time to spend more time, you know, reviewing portfolios, managing portfolios, uh, clients, financial plans, you know, speaking with clients. So it's, it really helps streamline a business for sure. Yeah. Or going to his kids' <laughs> basketball game. That's or right. Going to the lake. And, <laughs> this stuff's important you know, too. Having good work-life balance. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, Tim, let me ask you this: these kinds of initiatives, uh, behavior service program, the the technology initiatives, designed to, I think, you know, make yourself an appealing home for advisors. What's the growth story with uh, Prospera, and what should we be expecting uh, from you guys over the the next couple of years? Well, we have had a um, we've had a good run, and I'd things are accelerating right now. We've been, uh, we've been growing on average by 20%. And, you know, for us, when we say growth, you're saying, yeah, you have 140 advisors. Well, you know, it's the quality of the advisor and my, uh, myself and my partners, we grew up in this business as advisors 
and we still are advisors. Our partner, Richard, we have a wealth management practice, and he runs that with um, another uh, partner, actually his son. So second generation is now in the business. David and I spend 98% of our time in running and growing the firm. But the the idea behind that is, you know, like you run a you run an advisory practice, fewer clients, more assets. For us, fewer advisors that control more assets. And the reason with that is you can be all things to a few. You can't be all things to many. We never want to have to manage to the lowest common denominator and have, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 advisors. You know what? That's a great environment and culture for some. But for us, we want to continue continue to grow. We, as I said, I think it's going to accelerate through this. We're actually having some um, exceptional growth. We've been growing, you know, 20 plus percent a year. We'll continue to to do that. It looks like at least through 2021, from what we can see in the pipeline currently, which by the way is also being managed in Core Engine, which is um, you know, very, uh, very helpful, kind of a one-stop shop for um, advisors and back office. Well, that's fantastic. Okay, you guys, this has been great. Uh, we're, we're at a half an hour. I know that's our, our time limit. So uh, listen, uh, uh, Tony Mazzaneri, founder, financial advisor, ACM Wealth Management. Thanks very much. Uh, Tim Edwards, principal, executive vice president, Prospera Financial Services. Thanks very much to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, David. It's been an enjoyed conversation, and I'm David Armstrong, wealthmanagement.com. You've been listening to the Wealthies Podcast. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.